Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. I'm Mary Simon, and I'm joined today by Elizabeth McNulty and Megan Crow. How are you ladies doing? Terrific. Good. I have an interesting topic today, and it has to do with spending time with clients. You know, for everyone who's listened to our podcast before, everyone knows we're a plaintiff's law firm. We represent individuals, families, for the most part, and bring our cases against companies and hospitals and kind of bigger institutions. But our clients are, by and large part, individuals. And I've learned a lot in the last couple of years about how important it is to spend a significant amount of time with your client. And I want to have a discussion today kind of about the benefits of spending time with your client and why sometimes it can be difficult. But I have found that it pays off in the long run, regardless of case outcome, whether it settles, goes all the way to verdict, I think it's important to do. I want to actually know my clients. I want to know their life. I want to know everything that I can about them because it only benefits you. So I want to ask you both, has there ever been a time where you've not had an opportunity to spend that much time with your client and did it make it difficult for you in the case at any point? So I started working here about a little over a year ago. And something that I had to deal with and what anyone who would have a new job would deal with is that you're jumping into a lot of cases when they're already kind of in the middle of litigation. And so I didn't have those initial client contacts. I wasn't in the intake meetings. I wasn't spending a lot of time with these people before we I started doing work on their case. I feel like my work is more valuable and meaningful if I actually know who I'm talking about. It made my responses and my work product actually better if I had talked to them, had a full conversation with them, got to know them as a person. I think it really informed the work and made it more truthful and meaningful. And in that way, it was beneficial. So I just found myself giving the client a call whenever I started doing work on a new case, just to introduce myself. I'm new to the team. I've been working on your case. I wanted to introduce myself. If you have any questions, you can feel free to reach me at any time. And now, you know, I'm getting to the point where I've been here a while. So some of the newer cases coming in, I do have that initial contact and it just makes everything easier and smoother. And when I'm talking to opposing counsel about anything that's going on in the case, I think it's just really helpful if you know who you're talking about and have a better picture of why they're bringing this lawsuit, what their injuries are, how it's affected their life, things of that nature. I think you're right, Mary, that you have to kind of get a lot of face time with them as much as you can because you need to start to build like that bond of trust so that they feel comfortable opening up to you because the nature of a lot of these cases, they're very invasive. We have to learn a lot about their personal life and opposing counsel generally in their deposition and maybe even at trial is going to ask them a lot of questions that it feels uncomfortable for a stranger to know. But you know, we have to hear those things first so we can kind of help prepare them for those moments. So I think that a lot of clients don't necessarily like to open up to you if you haven't built some kind of trust with them and, you know, kind of can relate to them on some level. 
so that they're comfortable talking to you about, you know, generally like the most tragic thing that's ever happened to them. It can be a little bit uncomfortable, but I think that you just have to like show some empathy and that you can certainly understand where they're coming from. And that in order for us to do the best job that we can, we kind of need to ask those questions, even if they might not be comfortable, it's going to be a lot more comfortable than when a total stranger and the defense counsel is asking them those questions. So it's really important to kind of ease all their doubts, but kind of get them to open up to you. And I think that that's where we put our counselor hat on and we try to make it as easy as possible to get them to talk to us. And a lot of people these days, I feel like I've realized, especially after COVID and everyone was kind of like in their homes, they just kind of want someone to talk to and want to tell their story to someone. I think that's a really important part of our role that we need to take the time to listen because it's really important. And that's how we will be able to tell their story to a jury is if we can fully understand it from their perspective. I do appreciate not everyone has the opportunity or the benefit to spend time with clients. I like to pride myself and our firm on being a firm where clients feel as if they are part of the team. They're included from day one. I don't know how we can ever expect a client to trust us if we're not putting in the effort to get to know them. It's mutual, right? And I'll say from experience, I had to really learn a new way of communicating with clients after, you know, March of 2020. And one of the things I've done now is I can FaceTime with a client or Zoom with them. And even that is not as intimate, you know, as going and spending time with a client at their home, which is also something that I like to do. But how on earth are we able to gain someone's trust if we've had a 10-minute phone conversation with them and then we're meeting with them the day before their deposition? I wouldn't trust somebody if that was the case. It'd be really hard for me to, and maybe I could just get through in order to do what I think was best in a lawsuit if someone was telling me to, but I just don't think it works that way. And one example that I will kind of paint a picture for folks listening who might have never had the chance to spend time at their client's house. I worked on a really significant case for a young child, and I had a completely different picture of what this family's life was like after having spent time with them in person at their house and having them come to the office and spend time with me. You know, I was looking through the case file, looking through medical records, and there's so much you can glean from a medical record, but I'm thinking in my head, how on earth do they actually get this kid, you know, out of his bed in the morning through an entire day just based on injuries? And then you go and get a glimpse of what it's like to actually spend a day in the life of this family And you care so much more, as much as we care about our work and believe in our cases, you care so much more after having that experience with them. You're more invested in a person if you spend more time with them. You're closer with them. And I know that it's a unique line because it is, we are their attorneys, right? But I don't think you can do a good job as someone's attorney if you don't actually know what they're going through. Elizabeth, you touched on this and said that People don't want to call us. Why would they want to be calling? That means something really bad happened and they found themselves in a circumstance where they had to talk to someone at our office, okay? No one like wishes that upon themselves. So they're calling us at their most vulnerable point after something terrible has happened. And if we don't 
spend time with them or get to know them. I just, I don't ever understand how that can be a fruitful relationship for me or for them. I wouldn't even want that for a client. I have found that what's really helpful is right out the gate after I have an understanding of what the case is about and, you know, we're into discovery and the case is starting to kind of get worked up. I'll either meet with a client in person or talk to them on the phone and just ask them, what are you worried about? What is your biggest concern having filed this case? And I kind of flush it out with them. And I've never really had the answer be the same. It always is different. Some clients are concerned about what a family member might think of them for filing a lawsuit. Some might think that the other side will never be held accountable. And after we get over the hump of that conversation, what their biggest concern or worry is, I kind of feel a sense of the client feels a little bit lighter than they were before carrying this around. And it's something that I did one time. I found huge benefit in it. So now I do it with all of my clients. But I recommend that to anyone who works in a profession where they have individuals or families or children as clients because it you never really know what they're going to say. And in my head before asking that question, I would have thought that they would say, I'm afraid I'm going to say something dumb in my deposition because I would think technical, you know, but when they just say, oh, I'm just, I can't sleep at night because I'm always concerned about what people will think of me if I file a lawsuit. Like, oh my gosh, you know, that didn't cross my mind as I'm here working on their case. So I'm curious to hear what you all think in terms of what is the most beneficial way to spend time with your client during their case? I like to do periodic check-ins, like you said, and kind of just tell them what's going on with the case and kind of try to explain maybe more of the legal part of it, just because not that they need to know it, but I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it's their case. I'm working for them. And I think that sometimes that gets lost on our side of things because we don't have corporate clients. So they're less knowledgeable about what's happening. And it's part of our job to educate them on the ins and outs. And I think we sometimes forget that like, they don't know. They haven't been involved in the legal system generally. So they don't know what the steps of working up a case are and like the expectations of as far as like time frame goes. And I think that kind of having those conversations kind of helps them understand the process and also helps them understand if you don't hear from me for a few weeks, it's not because I'm not working on the case. It's just because, you know, I don't necessarily need anything from you. It's all on me right now and I'm working on it and I'll be in touch, but I'm always happy to answer any questions that you have. I think those kinds of logistic things, because that's kind of what I would want to know. So I kind of just take it from that approach and kind of keep in touch that like I'm always working on their case and see if they have any questions as far as those things go. But I think that's a really good tip to see, you know, what they're worried about because that definitely like humanizes it because like they obviously have worries and it's not necessarily like, you know, I don't know how I'm going to drive to my deposition that day. It's probably something a lot different than like we as lawyers didn't even think about. The difference between the clients that we have at our firm and corporate clients is actually huge. I came from a firm where we only had corporate clients and I was primarily working for just one, the same corporate client. And the clients in that sort of situation are other lawyers. It's usually the general counsel of whatever corporation it is. 
my previous experience dealing with clients was very business-like and formal. It's not a very personal relationship. And then when I came here, I find myself kind of sometimes falling back into this more formal relationship with the clients. And I have to remember, constantly remind myself kind of what Mary said, to have empathy and to be real with them. And I'm very much like, this is the logistics. This is what we're going to do now. So I think it's very important to have both aspects met. Like Elizabeth, what you were saying, it's important to explain the logistics to them, to take some of the worry off about maybe what this process is going to look like. But then also to Mary's point, it's also important to form a more personal relationship because that's when you're going to get the best advocacy. The biggest difference I see is instead of always trying to please the corporate client, it's more about relationship building. And it's just a very kind of left brain, right brain experience. It's interesting, Megan, hearing you talk about some of the formality that comes with meeting with a corporate client. And we've had our fair share of clients, you know, where, you know, we can read the room. We know what we're walking into in terms of if we want to walk in and our you know, best suit that we own versus, you know, jeans and a t-shirt, depending on who we're meeting with. And one thing I'll say is if your tone or your comfort level with them is not different the day before trial than it was the first day you met them, then you haven't spent enough time with your client between that. They've been in the trenches with you. You've given them those check-ins, Elizabeth, to your point. You've let them know about the depositions in the case. You've let them know the work you put into it. You have that confidence and they have that confidence in you. You know, we've mentioned that spending time with your clients in person is really more beneficial than maybe just having a few phone calls with them every once in a while. But like, what difficulties are there sometimes with spending time with your clients in person? I remember one time I had spent a significant amount of time with a client prior to letting the client know whether or not we could move forward with her case. And it really hinged on something in her medical records that I needed to see and talk to an expert about prior to agreeing to move forward. But I told her that at the initial meeting with her. I met with her at her house with one of her family members. I spent quite a bit of time there because they were, you know, she had broken down kind of this whole saga of something that had happened. And, you know, I mean, she like made tea for me and she's talking to me. We're at her table. I just, it's so intimate and personal. And after I knew I couldn't move forward with the case, I called her and I told her that I wanted to talk to her about our decision of whether or not we could take it. And I asked her if she wanted me to meet her in person to talk about it. And she just said, no, you don't need to meet with me in person. Like, I appreciate it, but can you just tell me and like, let me know why? And I explained it to her and it immediately, the conversation was like a 180. And she was very upset with me, you know, yelling at me, actually saying to me, you know, how dare you come into my house and spend this time with me and then not be able to move forward. And in my head, I'm thinking, what? I went to her house and I spent this time with her and put all this effort into this decision. So she should be like so happy that I even gave the time and gave her this thorough. And no, Mary, come on. There's this person who just went through something terrible and I'm letting her know that I can't pursue a case on her behalf, which essentially is telling someone, oh, I know you've been through a lot, but no one did anything wrong enough for me to file a lawsuit. Mary, it sounds like a bad breakup. I mean, sometimes you feel like it's more (laughs) respectful to have the hard conversations in person. Totally. And just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong. You know, it's uncomfortable, but necessary. 
it's like, you know, had I not gone to her house and talked to her on the phone, she might say, you didn't even come meet with me in person. It feels like the respectful, the right thing to do to try to have that FaceTime with someone because it is so important. But it's not like all of these conversations so far, I know they've been painted in a very like optimistic, encouraging light, but it's hard to do that as well. And as folks can imagine, it's just as hard if you spent that much time with them and you try a case to verdict and lose. And then you're with them in person in the courthouse. And that moment is also difficult. But to kind of swing a positive on it, I remember a client who I met with early on in her case. The case had to do with a very sensitive issue to her in the realm of medical malpractice. And after she got through her deposition, I didn't even really think twice about it, but I told her, and she was around my age, and I just told her afterwards, I'm so proud of you. And she just started crying and hugged me and said, no one's ever told me that before. And there's no way we would have gotten to that point had she not been comfortable with me and we hadn't spent the time we had together. So, you know, whether you're having the most difficult conversation, it ends up being a bad breakup to your point, Megan, or it turns up with, you know, tears and a hug, it's just worth it because they're people who we're dealing with. And we're lawyers and we have our lawyer brains and our procedures and our rules and our laws. But at the end of the day, this is one-on-one personal time with somebody. And I would never advise you to not invest the time with your client to spend that time in person. Well, and I'm sure, Mary, that the woman that unfortunately you had to decline her case, but you know, you put in all that effort and time. I would think with some time removing her from that situation, I'm sure when she thinks about it, she's very appreciative of the time and effort that you went to to try to handle the case. Because I think it's really difficult news to hear that day. But most people understand that if we could pursue those cases, we would because we want to help them. And that's why we get into this profession. And that's why we do what we do is because we want to help them just as much. But sometimes one thing I think that we kind of forget or can forget is that this is the most important thing that's going on to them probably because it's, you know, the most tragic thing that has happened to them. So it's really important not to kind of lose sight of that, of how important it is to our client. This case is like the thing that they're thinking about all the time. They are living with the injuries that they've experienced. It's changed their life. So I think like you can take five minutes out of your day and call them back and see how they're doing and answer their questions. So I think that's something that we can lose sight of because we're so busy, but it's important to take the time and hear what they have to say. Right. I mean, we have so many clients at the same time. They only have one lawyer. This is the big thing in their life. This is my lawyer. Um, You know, this I have this big thing going on. And so um, they may be a percentage of the caseload that we have. But in their mind, this relationship may take up a lot more space. And it's important to show them that you do really care about their case and are paying attention to it. And part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because, you know, we work on more of a production model. It's not like we're doing billable hours. And I've met plenty of plaintiff's attorneys who, you know, will say, I don't do client communication or so-and-so handles client communication. 
for folks who are more in that ladder camp that I just talked about, who don't want to really get in the weeds or spend a ton of one-on-one, you know, heavy emotional conversations with a client, folks who aren't really in that camp, you know, you're going to benefit in the long run at your law firm or in your practice. If a client's happy at your practice, they're going to tell other people that you spent a lot of time with them and that they were happy with it. And that's only going to lead to, you know, more cases that you can review and look at. There are many, many benefits to it from learning to invest more in each of your cases to, quite frankly, like getting more business. I think that marketing aspect is pretty important. I mean, a lot of times with corporate clients, you know, they have the same attorneys that they go back to. And so the attorneys can kind of count on repeat business from that corporate client. Well, us being in the personal injury space, we don't have clients that we can build a relationship with for recurring business. We have clients who come to us for one purpose and we build a relationship with them through this one occurrence. But I mean, hopefully they wouldn't have a reason to come back to us a second time. But if they have a good experience with us and know that we care about their cases because we spend all this time and invest in their case and invest in getting to know them personally, then they may know someone that we don't know yet and they will tell them about it. So creating those relationships will pay off in the long run, even if you can't really see it at first. And I think another part that I forgot to mention when we were talking about building that trust with the client is they're going to look to you for advice on decisions that are going to get made further down the road, such as like settlement offers. And sometimes in their cases, maybe they're getting lowballed. And if you haven't built a good relationship with a client and you're advising them not to take it and they don't trust you, they might want to take it. And that's not in their best interest. But if you haven't built trust, maybe they don't believe the advice that you're giving them. Maybe they don't believe that their case is worth more than what they're being offered and they'll want to take the lowball amount. If you haven't built that relationship, then you might be in you know, an unfortunate situation because, you know, we have to do what our client wants, even if it's against our advice. So I think that you can never undercut that kind of trust relationship that you've built with a client. It's very vital to the success of your practice, really. And as attorneys, we don't only deliver good news. Sometimes we have to deliver bad news. We might get a ruling we don't agree with from a judge or something. And if you have a good established relationship with them, I think that you know, when you have to say something and not sugarcoat it, they're going to be more understanding. You can work through ways of how to get around it, how to continue on from here. So building that relationship, I think, is also important for dealing with some of the negatives as well as the positives that may happen throughout the course of a multi-year litigation. We've been talking about how important it is to spend time with your clients, even spending time with them in their homes. I don't think we can have a full conversation about this without talking about boundaries, though. What kind of boundaries do you set with your clients in forming those personal relationships with them? So in my experience, I've had clients before who have told me from the outset, hey, I got all the confidence in you. You don't need to call me at all. Sometimes clients will tell me that and I'll laugh and you know, say, okay, well, I'll call you when there's important news to tell you or if I need anything from you. And some are fine with that. And if that's what they want, I'll still have, you know, a decent conversation with them to get the information I need in terms of just getting to know them at a baseline level. But if they're not interested in having kind of like a regular check in, I'm not going to do it if that's what they don't want. Elizabeth, you mentioned that we can all kind of think of the times where we've had clients who will call on a daily basis or every other day and ask how things are going. 
I think a really good way to handle that, and you might have said this earlier, is first listen to what they have to say. And if they really don't have any question for you, they are just kind of venting. And because you're the lawyer, they just will call you, even if it has nothing to do with their case. Sometimes I'll just let them talk for a little bit and I'll let them know that I've got something coming up on my calendar, something or wrap up the call, or I'll schedule a call with them at a later time so they're not just cold calling 24-7. Or I'll let them know that if they can't get a hold of me, they can also leave a voicemail and my paralegal will call them back and we can schedule a call. And you know, all this to say is that we've been talking so much about how important it is to invest in your clients and spend a lot of time with them. But if you don't have the time to do that, or that's not something that you're interested in doing for your practice, or you don't find it necessary, a way that you could do this is just have your list of clients and put on your calendar a reoccurring event to give them a phone call at a scheduled date every couple of weeks or something. And if it's not you who's going to do it and you really don't want to make that phone call, then have someone on your team do it. Have an assistant or someone check in with them, ask them if they have any questions about litigation. And that way you have a structured, you know, system in place where your phone is not a revolving door to somebody and you don't feel like, oh, I haven't checked in with this person in a while. I have found that to be beneficial to me and also the client, because even if they have nothing to say, it can't hurt for them to know that you're working on their case and you just want to check in with them. I found that to be helpful is just calendar those calls for yourself or for the clients who call constantly make sure you let them know that you can schedule that time with them. And all that to say, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you've been thinking, should I give that client a call? Just pick up the phone. There's every benefit in the world to do it. So just go ahead and make the call. Well, ladies, this has been a wonderful conversation. I have kind of gotten a refresher myself of how to maintain client communication throughout litigation. Thanks everybody for joining us for this episode. As always, you can reach out to us at comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law. New episodes drop every Wednesday. See you next time. Bye. Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts to comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law and check out other legal podcasts in the Simon Law Firm Library. The Jury Is Out with John Simon focuses on lifelong learning to elevate your practice. Subscribe today.